What is up and welcome back to the 4-8-Men podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Dan Bailey and I'm so excited to have him on the podcast. He's a CrossFit Games athlete, a new husband, and a uh, man of faith and I'm just so excited for our conversation today. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys for having me on. Well, honestly, man, right off the bat, I just want to go ahead and ask you, you know, how did you get into CrossFit and have you always been into fitness? Yeah, I've always been into fitness. Uh, it started with wanting to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger when I was little, like watching <laughs> the Terminator and the Predator. I'm like, I want to look like that. Like, I don't know what it's going to take, but I, I, that is like my ideal uh, body type that I want to have. So, um, you know, early in life, I started noticing that I was a lot faster than other kids. And so I ended up running track and field and ran for university at Ohio University down in southeastern Ohio. Um, I coached and taught for a little bit after that and ended up moving uh, moving around the country a little bit and wound up back in Ohio after getting uh, laid off of a couple jobs and uh, started going back to school to get some more education to try to bulletproof myself from that happening again. And um, I was working out in a rec center with a group of guys every morning at like 6 a.m. and you just start to see the same people. So you inevitably just start to work out together. And this one guy named Will, he's like, hey, I think you might like this thing called CrossFit. And he pulled me back into a gym and he's like, Loaded up 135 on the bar. He's like, "Hey, we're gonna do this workout called Grace. It's a hundred or it's a 30 clean and jerks at 135 pounds." And I think the first time I did it, I did it in like 90 seconds, which is like a really fast time, and I've never done any CrossFit before. And yeah. he was just standing there, like mind blown. And he's like, "You're coming to the gym next week. Like, you need to come to the gym. You need to start doing this." And so I started going to classes, and uh, they told me about the CrossFit Games and that you could compete in this. And I had just come out of college. I didn't really have anything to compete in anymore. And so that was kind of exciting to me. Like, hey, I've got something else to, you know, fill that void a little bit. And uh, I think I signed up for the 2010 sectionals because there wasn't the open yet then with like five minutes to spare before it closed. And then I uh, went to my first competition and I won. And then uh, didn't actually make it to the games that year. Uh, but I was hooked after that. I was like, I want to be the fittest man on earth. This is what I want to do. I want to train for this. And it's funny, like it didn't make any sense at the time. Like the, there's, you know, there's pivotal moments in my life where certain decisions don't make a lot of sense, but I know I'm supposed to do them. And I use those decisions or those times to reference when God spoke to me or, or God was telling me to do something. And it's like, yeah. I can write a list of things down of all the reasons why I shouldn't be doing this, but I just know that I need to do it. And so in that instance, I was living at home. I didn't have a job. I had just gotten laid off. I was working out once at the gym, then coming home and working out in my garage again, like spending all this time. My parents are like, what are you doing? Like, why are you, you know, like what is going on? Yeah. Um, but then uh, the next year I ended up winning the open. I won the regional event and then I took sixth place at the CrossFit games and uh, everything just kind of steamrolled from there. So um, once I was down that path, it just opened up so many different unique opportunities and doorways and uh, paths with like strength and conditioning and all this different stuff that I just kept yeah. walking through those doors that opened. Man, that is crazy. Like even just to think about what you'd be doing right now if if that one day your friend didn't say, hey, do this, do, do this grace challenge. Right. I know. Like if I would have just been like, nah, that's dumb. That's not for me. That's not something I want to yeah. do. I think that's stupid or something like that. Like just a totally different pathway. That is crazy. That's, that's like, even like, you know, looking back at like 
things like that in your life with, from like a spiritual perspective. It's so cool to see God preparing you for things like that, even through track and field and being like, you know, having this knack for wanting to be physically fit, even like Arnold, like, and then seeing all that transpire through, through your friend asking you to do that workout and then going on to compete in the games and like being super successful in that. That's, that's, that's just so awesome. Yeah. It's, um, a, a childhood dream of mine was always to compete in the Olympics. I wanted to compete for the USA. Like I wanted USA across my chest and, uh, because I was a big fan of track and field, like every four years, summer Olympics came around, glued to the TV, loved watching the hundred meter dash, uh, Carl Lewis, Mike Powell, Mike Johnson, like just Maurice Green. I loved watching the Olympics and wanted to be a part of that. And then obviously in college, like I knew at some point, like, Hey, you're just not fast enough. Like you're not good enough to make it to the next level. That's just the reality. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's just what it is. No matter how hard you work, you don't have the talent for that. Um, but fast forward, you know, I don't know, 10, 12 years. And I got to compete in a, an event called the, um, CrossFit Invitational, which was USA versus Europe, uh, versus Australia and Canada. And I'm running out on the floor with USA across my chest with four other Americans to compete in this team event in CrossFit, just with this dumb smile on my face, thinking about yeah. those wishes, you know, knowing that like, man, you know, your prayers get answered, your, the, the desires, of your heart get answered, not always in the way that you think, but you know, God's yeah. faithful. He comes through even in those kind of things. Did y'all win that competition? We did. Absolutely. Dude, you, you, you got to mention that. You got to mention that. It was your dream and y'all won. That's, that is awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. It was that, that weekend. The whole weekend was one of my favorite weekends ever. Yeah. Not only did you have USA on your chest, but you also had a medal, a gold, a gold medal around your neck, which is, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, it was great. So as you mentioned, you came in sixth place, you know, your second year competing, or I guess first year competing in the games. Um, but you've had you've had a lot of success over the years competing in the sport. What's been your key, like to having to having such longevity, like competing in the sport? Because you've, I mean, you've done it for for a while. Yeah, I think purpose. Like I, I know that there's purpose to my life. I know that there's purpose in what I do. Um, and I was very fortunate to be around other brothers in Christ, including Rich Froning, guys like Ben Smith, um, Chris Spieler. Um, these guys who knew that there was purpose in what we did on the competition floor and in CrossFit, you know, whatever walk of life it is and whatever it is you do for the glory of God. And if you're going to do things for the glory of God, that means you're going to work really hard and be incredibly disciplined with, Mm -hmm. um, the goal that you're trying to achieve. So I think that led to it a lot. Like it was something that I knew that I felt that I was supposed to do, um, until I felt that it wasn't something that I was supposed to do anymore. And, um, having that support group, in the community as well that was driven like that was a big influence on just pushing to be successful and to, and to be the best that I could be. Yeah. What is, what is, what does life after competition look like for you? Cause I think you, you did, cause you just did masters, didn't you? I did. I did masters last yeah. year. I, I swore at one point I would never do it cause I just never wanted to <laughs> not be on the main stage. Like I had so much pride when it came to that. I'm like, I don't want to go out yeah. there and like, hobble around on my cane and like, you know, try to figure it out. But in 2018, I had some major setbacks with just injuries. Um, there's a lot of stuff building up just from all the years of competition and not really taking enough rest. You know, when I look back on it now and not taking quite good, good enough care of my body, maybe in the off season and a little bit during the season. Um, so I ended up rupturing a quad tendon in 2018 
and uh, had two other surgeries, surgery on my labrum and then a double hernia repair in the same year, which mm. basically wiped me out for the next year and a half to two years with like recovering from all that. And so as I started to recover from them and I started to see like what I was going to be capable of doing or what, uh, you know, the trajectory of where my life was going, I was like, you know what, you owe it to yourself to go compete. If you don't make it to the big show, like, okay. But if you do make it to another one, you owe it to yourself and maybe a little bit to the fans, get back out on the floor, show people that you can still do it, show people that you can, you know, even if you have a whole bunch of setbacks and you're brought super low with no matter what um, happens in your life, that's not an excuse to just quit. It's not an excuse to not try to work your way back to where you were. Man, that's so good. I know that I've had conversations with Rich in the past about, you know, the idea of like finding your identity in the sport, so to speak. Has that, has that ever been something that you've walked through? Maybe even in 2018 when you got injured and like, you know, um, even just yes, we're followers of Christ, but at the same time, like we can get, you know, wrapped up in aesthetics and physical looks and even just, you know, this sport, so to speak. So how have you had to walk through those things in the past? A hundred percent. Um, it's funny you say that or that question or ask that question because, you know, I, I grew up, I grew up in the Catholic church and then I really started owning it when I was probably a junior or senior in high school. But in college, I went to campus crusade for Christ athletes in action I was versed in how to, you know, not let sport become your idol, essentially, and your identity. And um, even though that I, even though I knew all those things, or I knew the verses, I knew the scriptures, I knew what God believed in me and what, you know, who I was in Christ. Um, when it really got taken away from me, like I didn't really realize how much I still held on to that as part of my identity of like who I was and what I thought made yeah. me important and special. So it took a little while, but like after all that happened, like through 2019, I was super depressed. Um, and couldn't, I don't want to say that I couldn't figure out why I just, I was just surprised that I was, because like I said, I thought I was prepared for it. And, and then I, I didn't follow through. Like I still technically made that mistake, I guess, of viewing these things in athletics as, the defining quality of my life and it can be taken away from you like that. Like it can just be gone, whether better competition injuries, whatever it is. Um, and so, you know, after looking back on it and having some time to like process all of that and that whole situation and, you know, talk through it with my friends and mentors and all those things, you know, you, I come to realize that for some reason, I think I thought that being versed and being studied and knowing the Bible, knowing God's word, following Christ somehow meant that I was going to be immune to some of these things, like to mm -hmm. some of the hurt, some of the sadness, some of the, the things that came along. And it's like, that is just not true at all. Like the reason that you're, you know, knowing who God is and the reason that you're following this path is because it's coming no matter what it's coming to everybody, you know, on some way, shape or form. So here's what you need to fall back on. Here's the rock. Here's the Bible. Like, no matter how you feel, because you're going to feel sad, you're going to feel depressed, you're going to be hurt in one way or the other, lean on the rock. Don't lean on the fact that you can't compete anymore, right? Um, so I did yeah. struggle with that, even though I was ready for it, even though I was prepared for it. it. It was still a struggle, but I had those things to help me pull me out of that season of life. Yeah, that's so good. My um, my first guest I had on the podcast was um, Adam Klink, and something that he said that really stuck was like, the idea of, you know, train for performance and not for aesthetics. And I know that there's been a time in my life where, 
I've been so consumed and, and even even like you said when you first when we first started the podcast, you know, you want to look like Arnold. Like and for me, I was like, dude, I want to look just like Chris Hemsworth. I saw Thor and I was like, I just want to be jacked and I was like, I just want to have that physique. And and I got to a point where like I was, you know, working out so much. I was um like neglecting friendships in the sense of like I wasn't going out to eat with friends because I was going to make, you know, chicken, broccoli and sweet potatoes. And like some of my friendships suffered because of that. And I've even just had people on the podcast, you know, talk about like how can you get to a point where like you don't be so consumed with the aesthetic standpoint of like, you know, working out just to be just to look good and be in shape. Because it's not a bad thing, but I think it gets to a point where it's in vain of like if that's consuming your mind, like if that's if that's all you can think about is I need to look like this, um, because I mean, there's always going to be somebody in better shape. There's always going to be a picture that you see that might be edited that you don't know. Like, and I think you just, you just create this rabbit trail of like trying to achieve something that might not even be physically possible for you. Um, so really my question is like, how do people, like, how would you encourage somebody who, um, struggles with that idea of like, like the aesthetic side of like training to, only look good and not just because they thoroughly enjoy it. Cause I think that's, it's such a destructive pattern when you, when you get, when you go down there. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely echo what Adam said, you know, coming from the CrossFit background, we do, we train for performance. We train for PRs and workouts. We train for all those different things. And if you're achieving those, the aesthetics will come. Um, but like the, 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 the biggest thing that I think, in looking back on a career in athletics is it, it, you're not going to build your memorial in a day. You're going to build it daily. You're not going to get somewhere in a month or two months or three months. Like if there's a particular look or you want to get your biceps bigger or whatever, like all those different things, it's like anything else. It is a major process for some. It's a little bit less than others. Um, and that's for anything in life, but, um, the daily just, habits, um, are what's going to get you to your end result. And it might take you a year. It might take you two years. It might take you five years, but being disciplined to keep going and keep putting one foot in front of the other, um, inches add up to miles, uh, kind of thought process is something that I think people lose sight of. So they get really, as much as people can get tangled up in the aesthetic and get tangled up in certain desires and, and, and some of those things, um, I, th- I think one of the bigger problems is I want to be there now and I want the hack and I want the life, yeah. the, the 15 minute body and all of those things. It's like, that's not real. That doesn't exist. That's mm-hmm. the same as the airbrush picture that you're talking about is some thought process that I'm going to get there in one month or here's eight weeks to a completely shredded six pack. Meanwhile, you're 20 to 30 pounds overweight. It's not going to happen. And that's not what that is. Yeah. It's not real. So yeah. Um, realizing that, I think realizing that it's a process and that everyone from the Arnold Schwarzeneggers to the Michael Jordans to the Rich Fronings, Dan Bailey's, whoever, it has been a lifetime of making those small choices every day to be a little bit better that got them to where they are, got them the goal that they wanted to achieve. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like this would be a good question to ask you. I just, I just have this thought because I've heard people – you know, because I don't want to just assume that people who are listening to this podcast are super into fitness or super in shape and all those things. I'm sure there's somebody listening who's, you know, out of shape and who drives by a gym and, and, and resents it in the sense of like, 
you know, they go in, they, they feel judged for not lifting enough weight or, or, or for not, you know, performing, so to speak. Like, what wh- what's a good, um, you know, if you're a beginner and you want to get into fitness, what where's a good place to start? And even just for the person who, you know, is embarrassed or ashamed to walk into a gym, because I've, I've heard plenty of stories of like, I want to be in shape, but I don't want to go in the gym because I feel like I'm going to get judged for, for going to work out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would definitely plug a couple things. One, your local CrossFit affiliate, <laughs> if you can find one, if you have one near you. Um, almost everyone that I've been to, they are so excited when somebody just wants to come in and get started, right? That that fires up any uh, local CrossFit affiliate owner because they know that they can get you there and they, they understand that struggle. And so in group classes and shared suffering classes, there's not a lot of judgment. Everybody's in there together. One of the coolest things about a CrossFit class is that everybody's cheering on the, the last person to finish the workout. So those things are really appreciated and really elevated, I think, in the CrossFit gym. Um, another place is honestly one of the companies that I work with the first uh, is First Form and their app. Um, they do these awesome challenges every uh, quarter, basically, where they give away $50,000 to somebody who just loses a bunch of weight, somebody who is dedicated to being in their app, doing workouts, making lifestyle changes, um, and betters themselves in a a whole bunch of different ways. So, and and they'll reward that. And they're in, and there's so much help inside of that app for a very low entry level dollar amount. Um, that it's super impressive. It gives you a plan, right? It gives you a plan. Like, so if you're going to go to lifetime fitness, if you're going to go to a gym and you're a little bit afraid because you don't know what to do, um, that's a great place to start too. Um, I, I mean, I have my own training platform called alwaystrain.com. We do the same thing. So if you're intimidated about going to the gym and don't know what to do, there's plenty of explanations in there. Or if you don't know how to pick up a weight, you don't know how to do anything, we can get you started. And that would be my biggest advice to anybody who's intimidated is just go, just get it, get started. You know how to walk. You could walk for 45 minutes a day. And I guarantee if you yeah. walk for 45 minutes a day and clean up your diet, you're going to start losing weight. Yeah. That's so good. Thanks for speaking into that because I've been I've been meaning to ask somebody on the podcast that question because I keep getting that of like, you know, how do I get past this, you know, because in, in, in even on the flip side, you know, it can be somebody who's super out of shape, who who's, you know, embarrassed to go get in the gym or somebody who's super scrawny and, and, and it's the same it's the same thing. It's just a reverse of, you know, physical appearance, I guess, in a sense, but like the mindset is still the same of like, I don't want to go into this place and get embarrassed kind of thing. So thanks for speaking into that. Um, something that I'm curious and you kind of shared it about a little bit with, um, you know, uh, the U S and Canada and these different, uh, nations competing. Um, what are some of your favorite memories just over the years of competing in CrossFit, um, and just fitness in general? Um, well, the one we already talked about would definitely be up there as one of yeah. just the coolest things that I've gotten to do in fitness. Um, and it wasn't just be the competition. It was the people that I got to do it with, uh, Rich Froning, Margo Alvarez and China Cho, who are just three of the greatest people you ever meet. Um, let's see, man, some of my favorites, I think it would have to be like the total package. Like I got to do so many different cool things. Uh, I got to work out at CrossFit HQ uh, a little bit in media, um, making different videos, learning a whole bunch from people out there. I've gotten to be a part of the department of defense and strength and conditioning for a little while. Um, 
it's just brought me so many opportunities. It'd be hard to pin down just one or two things. Outside well, of those, that, event, those, those you just shared, those are pretty awesome. Yeah, no, those are those are amazing. Um, yeah, and it, it was all to, again, at the time, a lot of the decisions I made at the time didn't make sense. They only made sense yeah. after it was done because, or after I actually made the move or went and made that decision because I saw all the value that came from it and I worked really hard to do a good job with it. Um, but one other thing that pops into mind, there's actually a picture on the wall behind me of it, but... I think it was after like the 2015 games and this is only because I made all those decisions to dive into fitness and dive into the CrossFit games and everything. I did a uh, motorcycle ride with a group of games athletes and uh, Dave Castro and a couple other media people that I'm pretty close with. And it was one of the most funny, hilarious things I've ever gotten to do ever. And it was so much fun. Like just a group of dudes riding around on motorcycles, camping every night. It was, it was fantastic. It's definitely a highlight of that whole experience. That's awesome. Well, as disciplined as disciplined as you are physically, how do you feel like that translates into being disciplined spiritually? Oh, big time. I mean, it's the it's the same kind of thought process. Like if I want to back squat 460 pounds instead of 440, I have to come up with a plan and I have to work that plan every day and spiritually there that's no different. Um if I want to you know, now be a better husband, if I want to be a better friend, if I want to um, learn how to pray better, if I want to learn how to do anything in that realm better, I need to come up with a plan and I need to execute on it. And again, the the quote that I mentioned earlier, you won't build your memorial in a day, but you will build it daily. That just always comes up. And I actually got that from a pastor out in Fresno, California named Brad Bell, who's a pastor of the uh, Well Community Church. Um and it, that's always stuck into my mind that, and, and especially coming through all those injuries is it's not going to be done in a day, but it is going to be done daily. So come up with a plan and execute every day, you know, um, and it's okay if you, every now and then you take two steps back, that's going to happen. You're going to fail. Um, you're, you're going to have tons of failure, whether that's physical or spiritual, um, goals that you're trying to reach and also learning that those things are part of the learning process and that failure can be good. It teaches you something as long as you learn from it and correct the path. Yeah. Do you, do you have any routines that, that you try to put into place? Cause even like before the podcast started, you know, we talked about our lifestyles are just very sporadic and, and pretty crazy. Are there some routines that you've kind of put into place that you try to keep up with to, to maintain that discipline spiritually? Yeah. The last few weeks I've lost track of it just a little bit, admittedly, but waking up super early, Um, so getting up around four and, uh, open up the Bible and reading or reading some other kind of, uh, book that might reference scripture or Bible study and then going to work out at five was my routine for quite a while there. And, um, just getting up early in the morning and getting my feet on the floor. That was pre, that was pre-marriage. That was pre-marriage. That that was (laughs) pre-marriage. The past three weeks have been a little bit different. Um, Uh Now you have more cuddle time. Right. <laughs> now it's a little more comfortable to just hang out in bed for a little bit longer. Uh-huh. So Sorry. You can, you can continue. I just – I had that thought because I was like – I just – because even for me, like I like to try to get up early to go work out, but I also enjoy, you know, sleeping with sleeping in with my wife. That might be too much information, but that is a holdup for me to, to get up and go super early. So, Yeah. No, uh, 
I like to say um, people who have trouble waking up early and like, I just don't have the motivation. I just don't have whatever, whatever it might be. Uh, my thing's always just get your feet on the floor. So when the alarm clock goes off, one, put your phone or your alarm clock somewhere where you have to get up to turn it off. And then, but it's, once you just pull the sheets off and get your feet on the floor, the first five minutes is awful. Like it's just, it's brutal. It's just every morning it's going to yeah. suck. That's just what it is. Yeah. Like that's part of the process. Um, you know, well, that's encouraging to hear that it, it really doesn't get better. So. No, <laughs> it honestly doesn't <laughs> like waking up that early constantly. It always is a little bit of a struggle. Um, it gets, I guess it gets a little easier in the sense when you start reaping the benefits of it because you understand then what is so great about it. But uh, feet to the floor is my thing. Get your feet on yeah. the floor. First five minutes is rough, but then you're good. You're good after that. Well, after having a newborn, when I see four on the clock, I, I, I get about four more hours. See, I get excited when I see four because I'm like, this is, I get several more hours. Um, I'm not, not excited in the sense because she's screaming and I'm awake at four, but I do have the sense of I get a few more hours of sleep when I see, when I see four o'clock. Yeah, that's a whole nother level right there. I'm not there yet, but yeah. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned earlier that you grew up Catholic. Um, where did, where did your relationship with Jesus start? Have you always, um, kind of been religious in in that sense, or was there a moment where that kind of switched for you? No, it's actually part of my testimony. Um, I grew up trying to be a goody two shoes. So, um, always wanted to please my parents and just was so focused on trying to do the right thing all the time. Um, which is way more of like a religion than a relationship, right? Like, Mm -hmm. It's yeah. a, there's a big difference there in just trying to be a behavior specialist and making all your behaviors proper rather than trying to have a relationship with a living God. Um, and I would think that I, I made that decision or I made that distinction probably around my junior year in high school. So a lot of my testimony is, I mean, I grew up in a little slice of heaven on earth. This place called Uniontown, Ohio. I had a great school. I had great teachers. I had phenomenal parents, um, great brother great family members, you know, I, I had nothing really to complain about. Obviously there's always little struggles in there, but compared to most people, things were great. But the thing that I always say is that God didn't really have to save me from drugs, alcohol, abuse, anything like that. He had to save me from myself, from thinking that I could do it on my own and that I could be good enough and that I could create, correct every little behavior and walk this tightrope of perfection somehow, um, and think that that was going to be good enough to please God. And it's not, it's never going to be, cause I'm never going to be able to meet that standard. I'm never going to get there. Nobody can, um, yeah. only one other person can, and that's Jesus Christ. So, um, having that revelation and, and understanding that, uh, changed my life big time right around the, my junior year in high school. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so encouraging. Cause I know that because even, even like what you just said, like, you know, cause even, even part of my, like, Jesus did save me from super, like, like a pretty reckless past. But at the same time, like it, everyone I feel like is saved from themselves because like, you know, like we, it, it, and it's so weird. Like even when you, even when you are living a certain lifestyle, you know, you still have that mindset of like, I can still do it on my own. And, um, which is, I mean, Romans three says we've all sinned and fallen short. So like, nobody's good enough like you like like um like you just said Jesus is the only one that's ever lived a perfect life nobody's ever been perfect nobody will ever be perfect um which is why we all need a savior that's why he came that's why he died and that's why he raised um because no none of us could do it on our own and that's just such, that, that's such a cool testimony even even just you having the realization of like 
I, I still did all the good things, but Jesus still needed to save me from the idea that I could do it myself. Yeah. It was like having major breakdowns anytime that I felt that I failed and like my self-worth would just drop to below zero, you know, and that's no way to live life. You know, that's not, that's not a way that you should think about yourself in any way, you know? So rather than focusing on all these areas that I thought that I tripped up, it's like, now I'm just focused on the savior and what he thinks of me and what his plan is for my life. You know what I mean? Um, that's awesome. I think it's kind of what you mentioned before. I think it's one of the biggest things that uh, I wish more people heard about Christians and people who go to church every week and like all that, because it was very easy. And I'm not trying to knock the Catholic church, but it was very easy to look at church as like, well, that's where the good people go. You know what I mean? That's where the good people yeah. go and congregate and be good together and be great together. And it's like, I am not there to be good or claim I am there raising my hand. Like I don't have any of this figured out. I'm a giant screw up. And that's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to yeah. be here because I want to be better and I, I need improvement. And, yeah. um, I want to get closer to God in that respect. Well, and that, I mean, that's the way church is supposed to be. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not meant to be a bunch of perfect people getting together and being perfect because nothing, we're not perfect, but even like, yeah, I do think there's a lack of vulnerability and there's a lack of like, because even, you know, I mean, we all go to, I don't want to say we all go to church, but like, it's like the idea of, you know, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. But really, you know, your marriage is falling apart, your kids hate you, and, like, like you're really not doing good, but you just put up this persona that you're doing good, and it's, like, that's just, well, one, that's a miserable way to live, and two, like, that's just not the way church is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a place where you encourage one another, and, you know, you support one another, not where everybody comes in looking perfect and, you know, acts like they have it all together because nobody does. Right, 100%. Yeah. Well, you're newly, you're newly married. Um, how's that transition been? And what's, uh, what are some of the biggest things you've learned since getting married? Oh man. Um, it's been awesome. Um, my house beforehand I thought was in good shape, but I slowly uh-huh. realized after Alex moved in that my house was basically like a, a prison. Like it looked very dirty, <laughs> nothing on the walls, <laughs> no decorations, things not really organized. Uh, and she, this is a story I've been telling to a lot of people and, uh, she came in here and just totally turned it into a home in like 48 hours. So that was amazing. Um, but no, it's been great. Um, we had a lot of, uh, a handful of promises to each other before we were actually going to get married. And one was we weren't going to move into with each other until we were married. Um, and so things started just becoming, after we got engaged, I don't want to say difficult, but I was definitely strained with it, with her like living down the road and having to go home at night. And she has two dogs. She was always bringing the dogs over and then taking them back. And it's just like a lot of work for her and and more work for me. And I'm like, we're engaged. We need to finish marriage counseling, which was another thing. We're going to do that before we get married. And so we went to one church in Gehanna, which is a church that I go to and uh, got that done and learned a lot in just like three nights uh, and got like this big, nice pamphlet to walk through every now and then to kind of check in on how we're doing or if we're for some reason, which I'm sure will come that we're having some problems and maybe we don't realize that we are, uh, yeah. now we have like a resource to go to. So like, that was amazing. Um, once we got that done, it was like, all right, we just need, we don't have time to like organize a giant wedding and everything. Let's, um, yeah, just go to the courthouse and get the paperwork done and get you moved in here and start being married. <laughs> so dude, that's so awesome. More. See, I think it was like right when COVID hit, um, 
I had a bunch of friends um, postpone their weddings, and it was going to be like they they were postponing it to like I don't know when, and I was like, okay, that if you want to postpone the ceremony, that's fine. You just need to go to the courthouse, get married, get married, like actually do it, yes. and then you just have the wedding later. I was like. I could not imagine having this date planned and then that date is not going to work out anymore. And now who knows we might get married in a year. I was like, no, just go to the courthouse, get married. And then if you want to do a ceremony, do a ceremony later. That's exactly. I love, what I, I love, I love that you went and just did it. That's exactly what we're planning on doing. We're hoping to have like a ceremony this summer or in September, I think. Yeah. Is what we're looking at. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I, I love that you talked about marriage counseling because even just for me and, Sadie, marriage counseling was the biggest blessing, and I think a lot of people neglect it. And you know, even even just counseling in general, I think people can view counseling as a weakness in general. But counseling is one of the greatest things ever, and especially marriage counseling. There's so many things that you don't know going into it, and even just from a com, com, like a communication standpoint, it's 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 so beneficial to have somebody walk through and like bring insight into the fact that like you're two completely different people with different personalities, different upbringings, different perspectives, and like how those mesh together. I mean, everybody needs to do marriage counseling. If you don't do marriage counseling, then I can't advise you enough to go do it because yeah. it's very beneficial. Yeah. It's like looking at the the commitment that you're about to make. I don't know why you wouldn't want to go do that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. This is oh, supposed yeah. to be a lifetime commitment between you and another person till death do us part. Those are some heavy yeah. words. Like, why not take a couple days? Heavy, <laughs> like, heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, go. See what you're getting into before you before you say till death do us part. Right. Well, one thing you have in your Instagram bio um, from a from the Bible is Acts twenty twenty four, and I'm just going to read it real quick because I think it's such an awesome verse. But it says, "But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I have received." from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Um, first off, I just love that verse. And I was just curious, what, what, uh, why is that verse significant to you? Um, it really, I can't remember. I couldn't tell you the year, but that kind of became one of my times cruising through the Bible. Like it, it just struck me and hit me really hard that, I mean, I don't know. I just love the message that it sent, especially the, I consider my life worth nothing to me. It's like, wow, that's, yeah that if I want to walk with Christ, that's a way that I want to do it. Um, and that's a way that, you know, it should be done, uh, putting his wants and his needs and those kind of things over my own. Um, but yeah, it just kind of became a, a life verse for me and something that I always thought about and, and wanted to live up to and, you know, held that one with me. It was probably one of the first passages outside of some gospel passages that I actually was able to memorize and repeat over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, just because it stuck out to me that much. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I do think that, you know, I think that's something that we can lose sight of in the sense, I mean, that's when Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. So there's this idea of like, you know, putting to death your life in the sense of like, you know, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So there's this like putting to death of my old life and now I'm going to be resurrected to live a life with him. And in that, I really do count my life as nothing and it's it's not like a I don't know I think people can like that's not like a restrictive thing or like a something like that but it's 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 the beautiful thing of like I can't save myself Jesus died for me Jesus lives within me if 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 I'm a believer and if I have the Holy Spirit 
So now I can't account my life to anything because it's, I'm not I'm not living anymore. That 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 person who used to make those decisions, who used to do those things, died on the cross, and now this person that lives now is a new person. So I kind of have to account my life as nothing because Jesus is is the one that's living. Yeah, and I mean that attitude and the way that I've applied it. I mean, has like changed on and off, like over the past 10 years, obviously, like when you, when you take that verse, it's not like a, a one path way or one path to walk down in terms of, you know, what you're doing in life. It doesn't just necessarily mean that like, okay, well I was being a CrossFitter or I was being doing really well at CrossFit and being a games athlete. And well, now I'm a Christian or whatever. And I changed my, my old ways are gone and now I'm going to become a priest. It's like, that's not what that means. It just means wherever you happen to be, you know, walking in Christ, wherever you happen to be and whatever you're pursuing and pursuing it in, in perhaps a different way. Like we mentioned earlier before, not just so much for yourself, but for a greater good. Um, yeah. 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 And, and, and my, my, my mother-in-law says, if you're a Christian, you're a Christian wherever you go. So even for you, it's not like, when I'm in the gym, I'm, 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 you know, this. And then when I leave the gym, I'm a Christian again. But then when I'm back in the gym, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Dan. Um, like it's the idea of like, if you're a Christian, like you're always a Christian, no matter where you go, whatever setting you're in, like you, you you don't conform to the setting around you. Like the, the setting around you conforms to who you are. Um, and that's, I mean, we're called to be light in the darkness and darkness is like, that's what we're called to go into those spaces and, and, and be the light. And I think that's something that you're doing super well. So just to encourage you, that's really, that's really awesome. And I really, even just from, from knowing you virtually, I've, I've, I've seen that verse play out in your life, the way that you do relationships, even just the post that you have. So, um, I love that. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I want to end the podcast with, uh, the two challenges that we do every, every week. So every week we, Try to have a physical challenge and a spiritual challenge to, um, I, I, I do it to, to, to try to keep people engaged. I don't know how engaged people actually are with, with, uh, with doing them. I do them. I like to think that people are doing them with me. Um, but yeah, so it's a, a physical challenge just from the idea of like, I want to be encouraged to go train my body physically. And then the spiritual challenge of like, I want to go challenge myself to do something spiritually. And I want to get to a point where like, for me, I've kind of gotten to where I I can't really separate the two in a sense. If like if I'm going to the gym to go train physically, then I have to simultaneously be doing something that's gonna that's gonna feed myself spiritually. It's just kind of the heartbeat behind the challenges. So, with all that to say, I want to ask what challenges you have for us to do. Man, a cha- how long is this challenge going for? Like, what is the? Is there? A it's just. Limit? It's just. It's just. Just no. It's just for the week. Like okay. And the next until the next episode goes live, like get this challenge done. Yeah, I would say um, if that makes sense specifically for your uh, maybe perhaps the group of people that we talked about that are a little bit intimidated to go into the gym or anything like that is uh, just forty five minutes of walking a day, like something simple. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make it easy. Like, yeah, I've been doing challenges and giving challenges to people that are super gnarly for a long time, but like, hey, it starts with baby steps. So, yeah, I would say that. I mean, everybody knows how to walk. There's no excuse there. It's just, and everybody can make the time, you know, whether that's just wake up 45 minutes earlier than you normally do and go hit the trail or go, you know, hit the treadmill or something like that. So I love that. I'm just going to say that's going to be for everyone because Graham did, 
the death by clean and jerk. Ooh. And that was not that was not a fun one to do. <laughs> and someone who is not physically capable is not going to be able to succeed in that one. So I'm just going to go ahead and say the 45 minutes of walking, that is for all walks of fitness. So I love that. <laughs> and then spiritual. Spiritual. Um, man, you know, just because of everything that's going on in the world right now, like a lot of things are very stressful for all walks of life. Uh, it doesn't matter yeah. what you believe or where you're at thing like pressures on, I feel like in, in one way or another with either the way things are going in society, the way things are going with finances, all sorts of things over the past, um, two years, two and a half years. So, you know, Alex and I were actually right before we went to sleep last night. I mean, if I'm not careful, I'll be on the phone and, I'll just go down the wormhole and get really fired up about a whole bunch of stuff. And then I'm yeah. like dragging that into nighttime where you're supposed to be winding down and relaxing and I'll start just spouting stuff out. And then it get, you know, I can get her frustrated and she doesn't want to talk about those things. You know, I'm being kind of inconsiderate basically right before we're about yeah. to go to sleep. So I'm like, man, I'm laying there and I'd like put the phone down at one point after saying something. I'm just like, we really need, just need to start praying before we go to bed. Like, and she's like, okay. And like just slapped her hand like across my chest <laughs> to grab her hand and play. <laughs> and uh, I just started praying for all the things that I'm thankful for. Like all of the yeah. things that are absolutely fantastic in my world right now, in spite of thinking about whatever else is going on. And that's not to ignore problems. That's not to ignore things that we have a desire to correct and, and bring justice to and all sorts of different things. But man, just maybe for three minutes, two minutes, I'll go two minutes, uh, pray about just things that you're thankful to have for the day. Um, yeah. speak them out loud. I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for Alex. I'm thankful for my two dogs. I'm thankful for my house. I'm thankful for, you know, even though I'm struggling here, Hey, this got done today. Like I, I got this far today on this, um, ate three square meals today. I was able to drink clean water. Yeah. Like, you know, just all these things that can be very easily taken for granted where we live and, and for all that we have compared to the rest of the world. Now the rest of the world, a lot of the rest of the yeah. world lives. Um, yeah. No matter how confusing and crazy and hard things can be, things are still great. Things are still amazing. Um, yeah. And be thankful for those things. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. I think those are perfect. Well, Dan, thank you so much again, brother. This was this was awesome. I I, I love getting to know you more and um, just learn more about your story with CrossFit and, and and your walk of faith. So I know that so many people are going to be encouraged and challenged and impacted. So I'm so thankful that we were able to do this today. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. This was a great talk. Really enjoyed it. <laughs>